Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Warning. Liberty Never Sleeps contains adult language and adult political themes. Liberals and little children should cover their ears. Now here's your host, the voice of Liberty Never Sleeps, Tom Purcell. Good morning to the Liberty Never Sleeps Patriot Podcast, the most banned podcast on social media. I'm your host, Tom Purcell. You can follow the show at our website at libertyneversleeps.com, where you can find links to us on all the social media sites. The show is available to subscribe to also on iHeartRadio, Spotify, iTunes, or your favorite streaming device. Make sure to subscribe to our show on one of these services and hit the little bell button to get daily updates. And don't forget, if you want to join our membership club, for only $3, you get the shows emailed directly to your email inbox the minute they're made, or video of the show, which is commercial-free, is also available. Just go to libertyneversleeps.com for details. Good morning. Today is like one of the shows that only our members are going to get, and it'll become public in a few days on Tuesday or Wednesday. But if you're a member... You get these shows as I make them, the second that it's available. Yesterday, uh, I'm taping this on Monday for for Tuesday for public use, and but members get it early. Yesterday, after I finished taping the Sunday show, I had a relapse of my chemotherapy symptoms. It was the worst thing I've ever... I crawled into bed. I was... After I finished the show, I was like, I'm really tired. I got to, you know, finish editing it, Folk, you know, send it out to the members. But after I did that, I spent the rest of the day until two in the morning in bed. I literally, it was just one of those things. You just, you suddenly don't feel good. You, you get sick to your stomach. Your colon starts to light up, which is a symptom. And you get flu-like symptoms, like stuffed nose, headache, that kind of thing. Scratchy throat. And you just feel like exhausted. And it, they told me that was going to happen for weeks, even after I stopped the chemo. Um, and it's just something you got to live with. That's why they tell you when the, when the radiation starts, you're probably going to feel tired because it's going to activate. And they give you a chemotherapy drug while you're in, chemo, while you're in radiation. <clears throat> and it, it, yesterday was bad. It was like, wow, where did that come from? And then it cleared up. Uh, about midnight, one o'clock in the morning, I woke up and uh, you know I was I felt stronger and and a big part of it, a big part of my recovery, was the fact that I had a dog. When I went to bed, the dog, my dog, the Labrador Corgi mix, crawled into bed with me and was like whimpering next to me 
that I was in pain, that I was hiding under the covers. And he stayed with me the entire time. As a matter of fact, when mealtime came up, he didn't want to go. And I said, go get your meal. Go, go get your meal. And he, would, he jumped down off the bed. He ate. And then I heard him go outside. He, he always uses the restroom after he eats. Comes in, gets a drink of water, and then comes running down the hall and jumps right back on the bed and crawls under the covers with me. He was sensitive enough to tell when I was under the weather. And it was really tough on him during the chemotherapy because when I was on that, I was sent home with hoses coming out of me and you had to hook it up, you know, and put it on the nightstand while the pump's working because they don't just give it to you there in the hospital. You go to infusion and then you take a pump home with you until the pump runs out. Then you got to go back with the pumps and, and, and then they got to unhook y'all. And it, it, that's what that every week we went through that. I had to stay at home with a pump and hoses going into me for like a couple days. During that time, I had to lock the dog out because the, with all the you know little hoses going in and out of me, it was too problematic to have a dog climbing on you, you know, jumping on you, licking you, and, and sleeping next to you because you you move around. It's like laying in a hospital bed. If you've ever been in a hospital, you know that they always put an IV bag and it runs into you, and it's just awkward. You can't roll over, and it's just it's just a pain in the ass. So he, you know, he that whole five months that I had from from January until May when I was getting this chemo done, I had to lock him out. And it was very hard on him. He would he would scratch at the door and cry, and then I would tell him, "No, you can't. You can't come in." You, it's just, and then when I didn't have it in, you know, when they take it off for a week, I, he would always come in, and I and I would say, "No, you can't come in because I'm just having him on top of me and stuff." When I was that tired, was bad. But you gotta love dogs, because four or five months now down the road, he's acting like nothing ever happened, like there was no. Lockout. There was I. I let him up on the bed. He was happy as a clam. In fact, if anything, he's more clingy than he ever was. And you know, I've always said, always try and be the person your dog thinks you are. Your dog is always happy to see you. Doesn't matter how tough you've been with him, doesn't matter how you've disciplined him, doesn't matter what he's done wrong when, when you're in a bad mood or something like that. All that matters is that you're here now. When you come home, it's like you've been away forever. When you leave, he's upset. Can't Even though he knows you leave the at the same time every day for work or something, he gets upset. She gets upset. And when you come home, it's like, no problem. Doesn't matter that you were gone all day. I still love you. It's unconditional love. And it is love. That's why I love dogs. That's why I don't like cats. Cats just don't give a rat's ass about you. You know, I, some people say they come when you call them, but I, I've never seen it. Cats are just being cats. You know, they, they're, they're stinky. They're destructive. I'm not a cat fan. I, there are people that are love cats. But me, I'm a dog person. I love that loyalty. I love the fact that he knew how bad I was and made it a, a point to stay with me the entire day. Even though my better half called her a couple called him a couple times, he wouldn't leave me. He and he whenever I would roll over in bed, he would push up against closer to me. Cause he knew I was feeling bad. And I gotta tell you, 
having him there and being able to pet him and have him snuggle with me made it bearable. Got me through it. And it was just, it was tough on me too during the chemo period when I had the hose and I couldn't do it because I wanted him with me. But you gotta love dogs. Dogs, man, man's best friend, no, no doubt about it. And I, I wanted to talk about it today because I don't know if my dog is, is that remarkable or what, but I know other people have that kind of relationship with their dog. This particular dog that we've gotten, we've rescued him from a humane society. I always take in rescues. I always take dogs that are unloved, older dogs that nobody is going to adopt. I take them in sick dogs. And as a result, I have a tendency to go through dogs because you know, you, re you, you recover, you save a dog that's 12 years old. How long are you gonna have with him? Three years, four years maybe, you know, before he gets, if he's got sick issues like diabetes and stuff, they don't, they don't last long. And it's, it's, but I take him in. This dog, we got him and he was, he's a young and he's healthy. So we're gonna have him a long time, hopefully with any luck. I think everyone should get a dog. There's something about them that's magical. They're intelligent. They're far more intelligent than people give them credit for. And I just wanted to talk about him today. He's just a remarkable dog. He's, I, I know I've, like I said, I've, I've seen other people have that kind of relationship where the dog, like you've seen the photos of the veteran that dies in combat and they bury him and the dog won't leave the gravesite. He's that kind of a dog. He's that loyal. He's that sensitive to stress, pain of either of us. When, when my better half, she gets sick sometimes. She's got, she deals with a chronic illness. So when she's like feeling particularly bad and staying in bed, he stays with her too. He's always there for you, no matter what. So you got, you, I just had to talk about it because it, it was just, it was such a remarkable thing yesterday. I, I, I wasn't sure if I was gonna be able to do a show today. I was that bad off. Up until late, late last night, it's just one of those things. And, and like I said, the doctor had told me that was going to happen as I, as I, you know, go through this process. I just, I had not experienced that kind of backlash this late. I mean, it's been like four weeks since my last treatment and I go back in for more chemo this week and more radiation. It's been four weeks and he told me, well, it lasts about six weeks. You're going to have bad days. And I didn't believe him. I really didn't have any. He says, there are going to be days when you have like flu-like symptoms and it's going to be like you had chemo again. It's still in your system. It lasts that long. So I just want to talk about it. By the way, um, to get back on politics, uh, Joe Biden signed the bill finally this weekend, the debt limit bill, but he wasn't in any hurry about it. Which tells you the whole thing was a farce. We're running out of money. Because it takes, it takes time to issue the bonds, print the, the money, because that's how it's done. They, they issue treasury bonds and foreign countries and individuals buy them. And then the Federal Reserve processes the transaction, prints out dollar bills to reflect the money because it's transferred electronically. That's, that's how it works. That's why you got inflation. Because you have massive amounts of dollars in circulation and they become less valuable. And we're going to now go through another cycle of inflation. We've got, he's got another $4 trillion to spend and by gum, you know, he's going to spend it maybe all in this week. And they got to print that money out. They're going to issue those bonds and we're going to get inflation. Kevin McCarthy is, is out on Twitter going, oh, it's a, a compromise bill. And we finally put a cut to spending. You didn't cut a thing. He didn't cut a thing. The debt spending limit increased our debt limit, allowed 
Joe Biden, the administration, spent another $4 trillion when we originally proposed a $1.5 trillion. And the cut that Kevin McCarthy is talking about is just a reduction in the growth. Instead of getting an 8% increase, he only got one or two. Well, that, that's not a cut. That's in, in Washington's eyes, that's a cut. But in my mind, cut is, no, we're going to get rid of this program. We're going to get out of the program. We're going to cut this. We're going to reduce spending by 22% in the Department of Education. I could balance the budget tomorrow. I'm, I'm serious. I could balance it without killing one department. There's that much fat in our federal budget. And, and McCarthy's out there going, bro, we cut He's just trying to sell it. The debt limit was a myth. The, the, the myth that they were cutting spending is a myth. We're going to go into more debt. We're going to more inflation. There, if Biden gets a, seven, a second term, we're not going to. There's nothing going to be left to build on, because they're going to have to. They're going to raise the debt limit again. You know that they will. Kevin McCarthy agreed to no politics if the debt limit needs to be raised again. That's in the bill. So we might even have another debt limit increase in the next two years. And Joe Biden will come out and say, well, you know, we spent the money. Now it's time to pay it. Well, that's not paying it. Borrowing on another credit card is not paying your bills. And I don't know how many times I got to say this. The fiscal irresponsibility by both Republicans and Democrats alike is out of control. And nobody seems to be holding them accountable. Not the Republicans, not the electorate. People are saying, oh, well, it's a compromise bill. Both sides are unhappy. Well, that's no way to judge it. The way you view it is, is how much have we spent? How much are we spending of the GDP? How much the debt? 124% of the GDP. It's ridiculous. We're spending now as a percentage of the GDP higher than we did in World War II, which bankrupted the nation, by the way. It was a miracle we got out of it. And then the cultural wars that are going on. I, let's, today, we're really going to focus on a lot of cultural issues. I haven't been too much. But there's so many stories in the news that are so ridiculous that we keep talking about because we, we don't have the courage to talk about real issues. We don't in the mass media. I'm going to talk about some of that today. More people left Fox News. We got to cover that. More people left NBC, MSNBC. We have to talk about what's going on on Twitter and, and I so much to talk about. But today we're going to focus on some of these cultural issues. Well, let, let's begin with, with the national anthem controversy. We'll be, and you, you would think that the national anthem wouldn't be controversial, but it, here it is. We'll be right back after this brief but important message. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then, Judy discovered ChompaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now, Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. Judy. <laughs> 
Chumba. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. National Anthem. Oh, say can you see? People said it's extremely difficult to sing. No, you just have to have a wide range in your vocal. Whitney Houston, in my opinion, did the best version of it. It's, it's on YouTube. I would, if, you, if you want to see the National Anthem done perfectly, go see Whitney Houston's. She had the range of the voice. I'm not saying that it's easy to sing. I'm not because they say the national anthem. Oh, it's impossible. It's a dumb song because you can't sing it. No, she can sing it. You just need to have the range of it. And I'm sure there are other singers out there that have done a wonderful job. I just Whitney Houston has come to mind because it's so perfect. It's a great song. Don't don't let the left tell you otherwise. It's a great song. It tells the story of how our flag under bombardment stood despite the attacks on it and how inspiring it was that it stood the attack. Francis Scott Key witnessed it. There's all kinds of mythological stories about it, but essentially we had a fort in the middle of a river guarding the river and the American flag was hanging out of the fort and the British couldn't get into the river because it was a shallow draft and the British ships were deep. This is in the war of 1812. And in order to move troops down, you had to stop the defense of this fort. And the British Navy began to shell the island where the fort was. And, and they couldn't get in. They couldn't like land troops or anything because, like I said, the water of the river was very shallow. Francis Scott Key himself was in a, a small boat because the bombardment on the fort was so horrific that it wasn't safe to him for him to remain in the fort and stayed in a boat and wrote the song while he was watching this. And the British pounded shells on it. This is a true story. It's, there's all kinds of other mythological stories about it, about guys running to save the flag. I, I don't put much stock in that. But the flag was a target for the British because it was visible high among the fort. You know, it, was like, it was like, there's our bullseye, there's the flag. Let's land our shells in that target zone and we'll bombard the fort and they'll abandon the fort and then we can send our troops down the river and into Washington and other places. The British bombed the hell out of that. The smoke cleared and the flag was still standing, which meant so was the fort. And Francis Scott Key wrote about that. He wrote about how the smoke cleared and he wrote about how you could see the flag despite the bombs falling and the rockets and all the mayhem. That's an amazing story. 
and it became our national anthem, appropriately. It's a good song. There's a lot of other good songs. I like the French Le Marzier. That's another great song. Have you ever listened to the, the, the words of Le Marzier? It's the most violent song you ever heard. You've all probably heard it in French. But you should read the English translation. I think that, that rivals the national anthem. The French were tough at one time before World War I happened. But the national anthem to me, ours, the Star Spangled Banner is its official title. It's one of the greatest songs in the world. There's nothing wrong with singing it. In an appropriate setting. In Washington, D.C., in our capital, a tour group of kids from a school were touring the capital. Despite what Nancy Pelosi says, the capital is open almost all the time. The lower level. The upper level, where the Senate chamber and the House chamber is left and right on each of the sides of the Capitol, is generally close to the public. That was the area where some people broke in on January 6th and were charged with a crime. But there were lots of others that wandered in the open area down below through velvet roofs, escorted by the Capitol Police saying, just stay in the ropes, and they did, that were charged with a crime inappropriately. It was in that location that this group of students decided to stop in their school uniforms and break out a rendition of the national anthem. It was an inspiring moment for them, for their teacher. And I would think anybody walking through the Capitol at that time, it would be an inspiring moment too. It's on YouTube. It was filmed. There was a lovely version. The National Anthem, the Star Spangled Banner, actually sounds better when a choir does it because of the harmonies and because of the range of the music. It is difficult to sing, but because of that, it works well with a choir. They were told to stop, that it would offend some people. I have no doubt that some people would get offended by the Star Spangled Banner. That I have taken issue with. I know that there are people who get offended by it. People have been trained in this country by our education system to hate what America stands for and everything that makes America great, and Star Spangled Banner being one of them. So there's no doubt in my mind that someone got a hair up his ass about having the choirs break out in the national anthem at the Capitol, even though that's an entirely appropriate place to do it. My issue was with the Capitol Police caring or making a fuss about it. So what? if a bunch of angry liberals or leftists are upset about the national anthem being sung. Screw them. This is the capital. This is what we, we do here in this country. We honor our past. We recognize our greatness. We sing the Star Spangled Banner. If you don't like it, go home. Go to someplace else. Why don't you go to China where the Maoists run their country and you try and break out in a song from the old China, one that Mao destroyed, and see what happens to you. You don't get told it might offend somebody. You might end up in a ditch with a gun to your head. That's what the Star Spangled Banner stands for. Freedom. Our value system. Our pride in our American flag. It should not be offensive to anyone 
who was raised properly in this country. But unfortunately, we haven't raised them. We've taught people to hate our culture. This is Maoism. This is wokeism. Hating on America because of what it is. Throw it out. Old stuff goes out. New stuff comes in. Stuff that we say is right and wrong. I find it offensive that the Capitol Police did that. It's more proof that the Capitol Police have been infiltrated by leftists. Because no officer, regardless of whether he's ordered to stop the squire or not, would do that. Would say, no, I'm not going to stop. You stop. You don't... If I'm an officer and my sergeant or whoever's in charge says, you want to stop the national anthem? No, you do it. I'm not going to do that. What's the matter with you? But see, people aren't strong like that anymore. Back in the old days, they were. We're not. We're not the strong people we were. You know, there was some controversy at the Indy 500 about Jewel because she gave a rendition of the Star Spangled Banner. It was horrible. I don't... I don't understand this need to make the Star Spangled Banner about yourself rather than about the song itself, because that's what was going on. Jewel wanted to do something different, her rendition of the Star Spangled Banner. They do this now. They hire these left-wing singers, and then the left-wing singer makes it about themselves because they're a bunch of narcissists. I'm going to do things a little differently. I'm going to hit different notes and sing it with a different melody different inflection on different words, or I'm going to change the words entirely. That's been done too. That's all wrong. Because then you're the singers making it about themselves. And it shows you what kind of a weak person Jewel was. I'm going to make it about myself. I'm going to, I'll show the crowd. I'll take this lousy song and make it better. No, she just wanted attention. Much like the way Roseanne Barr did, she wanted attention when she did what she did. Or any other singer who misaligns, misappropriates, maligns, anybody who, who changes the national anthem other than the traditional way. Oh, but that's boring. Boring is good. Boring honors the national anthem and what it stands for. That's the thing. It's not about honoring the song. It's about honoring what it stands for. The indefatigable firmness of the American narrative the implicit power of a flag standing under bombardment. That's what America's all about. No matter what happens, our flag's going to stand. Doesn't matter if the battle is hopeless. Doesn't matter if the British have 60 guns trained on the fort, firing away. Nope. We don't give up. Ever. And maybe the liberals can learn a lesson from that. Maybe that's why they want to destroy the national anthem. Because it speaks about America's unwillingness to ever give up. You can't win a battle if your enemy doesn't give up. If your enemy still has fight in them. And that's what liberals hate. They hate that we talk back. They hate that we troll their threads. They hate that we have anything to say. That's why they emphasize censorship. That's why they try to change everything like the national anthem. That's why they tell the boys choir to go home, stop singing. Because they don't want you reminded of how great this country is and what it took to get here. They don't want you bringing yourselves together in groups and joining. Unity. This is why they banned the Dixie flag everywhere, because it was a unifying symbol. It wasn't because it was about racism. 
There hasn't been a Klansman hanging a Dixie flag in this country in 50 years, at least anywhere important. It was no longer the symbol of the Klan. It was a sign of unity for the South, a sign of national rebellion. That's why they banned it, because people would unify behind it. That's why they try and divide us, break us up, because as long as we hang together, we're unbeatable. As long as that flag is still flying and the bombs can drop all at once, it could blow that fort to rubble. Well, we're still here. We're not giving up. That's what they're trying to break. That's what you got to understand. That's why they try and reinvent the wheel. This is why they tell you Gay Pride Month, Black Pride Month, Hispanic Heritage Week, to divide us. To make us somehow feel we're different, that the white man is different than the black man. That somehow gay people are different than straight people, at least in their love of America. They divide and they encourage it. That's why they put that crap on the island target. It wasn't because they thought they would make a lot of money on it. That's, that, see, that's what, that's what the LGBT people are saying. Well, you, you just... You just want to hurt us because we we're not powerful enough buying for us. No. You've been encouraged by LGBT leaders to get mad at Target too. They want everybody fighting with everybody else. Let's move on. You know, I, I got to talk about a little bit more about this LGBT issue because it's, it's really sad the way everyone's fighting over each other. And you're playing into the hands of the liberals. And I'm not talking about boycotts or whatever. Well, let's get into it. Let's take a break and we'll be right back after this brief message. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
So I, as I told you, Twitter, social media, other places are the, are the, I think I bent my frames here a little bit. Yeah, I did. I dropped them the other day and I think they're a little, little bent. Maybe that is, or my ears are bent. Doesn't matter. It's, it, it's, it's it, when you, when I'm doing this video, I've got my monitor up, making sure that I'm centered in it. And it's just, I, I noticed the frames are, I'll bend them after the show. I got a little uh, warming box that I can adjust my, cause they're, they're, they're metal, but they, they flex. Twitter, Facebook, social media. It's the, it's the public forum of the day. There are other smaller forums, Gab, Parler, Truth Social. Truth Social is mostly people who are fanatics for Donald Trump. And I, and I, I somebody just said to me, well, you should be on Truth Twitter, you should be on Truth. I'm like, how many social media, can I, I wanna be where everybody is. I want the left as well as the right to listen to some of the things that I say. I want them to get mad at me about what I say because it'll wake them up to some things. So that's why I, I primarily am on Twitter and, and Facebook because there's a lot of liberals there. That's where you can reach me. You go on truth, you just, you get, you're just preaching to the choir. And, and I know that would be good for the ratings. Oh, someone might listen, you know, like all these, those are, all, those are your fans, those are your listeners, that may be. But I don't do this for ratings. I do this because it needs to be done. And there's a public forum of today's Twitter. Elon Musk now is allowing conservatives to talk. There's a thread on Twitter, a movie, a film, made by a private group called What is a Woman? And it it's basically a treatise on the differences between men and women and how they're not changeable. I haven't seen it. I, I don't need to. I know what a woman is. Every, I've been told, you should see it, you should see it. Why? I just, it's just, it's just going to revalidate what I talk about here on the show. You know, that's what they tell me. You should just go see a tree, go to Trump rally. Why? I, I know Donald Trump. Right? I'm going to vote for him if he gets the nomination. I don't need to be charged up by Donald Trump. I'm already on his side. I think he was much maligned by the mass media and by the deep state. No question about it. I don't need to be motivated to vote for Trump. The main reason why he does those things is to raise money, get him to donate. And because I do what I do and have to be a political analyst and be neutral in there, I can't donate money. That's why I don't go to rallies and things like that, because I'm not picking sides. I want to analyze what they're saying and what they say on the issues and how they're behaving and then report it to you. And the way I have to do that is stay neutral. This is why most mass media stations tell people like Hannity and whatnot, you can't, you can't be part of it. You, you have to be independent. You're, you're in essence an opinion journalist. But there's this movie on, on Twitter and it's gangbusters. You're not gonna see it on your TV station. You're certainly not going to ha see anyone in the mass media report it. You have to go to Twitter. I would recommend that 
if you don't know how to defend the differences between man and woman or why it's don't understand why it's important that we maintain those differences and understand those differences, then I would suggest you do see it because I understand it's very good on the subject. But my issue with the discussion on cultural issues and why I generally avoid them here on the show, only in the sense that it reflects the political narrative while I talk about it, is that it's a trap in the sense that it can be used against us in an election. Because most liberals, most leftists, hate America, hate the conservative movement, have mislabeled it, called us fascist and Nazis when it's just the opposite. And we've discussed the reasons why it is. And so when you make a film like that, despite it being necessary, what happens is since it's not about an issue you can fix, not without reinventing our social order system and our education system, since it is about that, it will be used to say, you hate gay people. You hate homosexuality. I don't hate anybody. I don't approve of it being sold to children because I consider it adult content. But I don't care what two people do in their bedroom. What I care is them telling about it to an eight-year-old. And that's what the focus should be on. And I see people doing the right thing. No, I don't care whether you come out of the closet or not. I don't care if you have a promoting queer LGBT items in your store. I really don't. I know the very hard moral majority rights say that I should. But they are marketing products to a particular segment. LGBT people, rainbow shirts. That's mark. That's just business. That's an opportunity for them to make money selling LGBT pride shirts at Amazon, painting their sign rainbow colors during the month of, of, of June. Okay, I get it. You want to bring that crowd, that segment of a market into I, I, I did, To me, it's pandering. I mean, I would be in, I, I get mad when they put the veteran camo on, on signs, you know? It's like, you're just trying to appeal to a veteran audience. It's, you're, you're not really pro-veteran or anti-veteran. You just want to buy them. You, you just want our dollars. I see through it. But I get why they're doing it. What I get upset at, and this is where the focus should be, should be that you're monitoring and selling adult content to children whose minds and whose morals and ethics are not entirely formed yet. And you're making a certain lifestyle, which may or may not be acceptable to you as a parent, acceptable to the child. That's wrong. The only person who should be discussing whether that they should view adult content at all is the parents. That's not hate. That's not anti-LGBT. That's saying, no, I don't want my children exposed to stuff because I don't want their innocence lost. 
And that's where the focus should be. It should not be on these terrible gay people. Because what that does is pit one group of people against another. And when you do that, powerful people who have a lot of money and a lot of control over things that are important and shouldn't are going to use it as a weapon against you and against the gay people as well. It will divide us further apart. People who are homosexual will be viewed as anti-Republican. People who are Republican will be viewed as anti-gay. You end up fighting in the streets over it. And when that happens, society and our laws break down. And when our society and our laws break down, people start picking up weapons and fighting over it. This is why you see mentally imbalanced people go out and do mass shootings. Because the friction in society is coming and closing in. And the people on the fringe who have mental problems are the first ones to break. But eventually, when it gets bad enough, more and more and more people will begin to break. People who are not so quite mentally deficient. This is what you need to be aware of. Ayn Rand talked about it extensively, about, and we talked about it on our last show, about the separation of small social groups, how you can control a large amount of people by simply controlling a small group of individuals which influence society, such as art and architecture, music. This is why the left goes after the celebrities most of all. That's why a celebrity now has to do things like play along with the gay agenda or the liberal agenda in order to get the jobs and the gigs and the Oscars and the awards. They make movies with agendas and they're willing to live with it because they want that Oscar. They want that big money. They want the fame and the large house. They're being bought. That's how they're being used. That's why I say celebrities are being used as well. It's not that celebrities are leftists so much as they're being used by the left. You're being used as a lever. Let's make this movie with this agenda, with this message. Let's brainwash people more and more to get them to feel that it's inevitable that it's going to happen. That They feel that it's inevitable that society is going to change. To get you to believe that when anything is but the opposite is true. But pitting groups of people against each other, these Pride Months, Heritage Spanish Month, whatever, Whatever agenda is being sold, keep in mind that both sides are being used. Both sides are pitting against each other, and that's why the way to stop it isn't so much boycotts, although that will hurt companies and will make them think twice about doing it. There's no question it will. Understand that you're playing into their hands that you're playing the game of div division, conquer and divide. And it's more powerful to ignore them. It's more successful as a strategy in the long run. Ignore it. Ignore the, the gay pride. Keep them away from your kids. Stand up for when it's important. But for the most part, don't get angry. Don't get upset. Don't do business if you don't want to. But don't make a scene of it. Don't walk through Target knocking down signs. Don't bash the Capitol and march in the halls and get yourself arrested. That, that plays into their hands. That allows them to make a police state even stronger. And I know I'm in the minority on this. I get it. I understand why people are upset, why people are taking action in their own hands. 
But keep in mind this. I'm telling you this. This is what they want. They want gay people angry at Republicans. They want Republicans angry at gay people. They want white against black and black against Hispanic and Hispanic against Asian. They want that. They're not trying to prevent it. When they pass new laws, they say, well, you, you, know, you shouldn't hate. No, they want it. They're encouraging it. By promoting it and shoving it in your face, they're hoping they'll get a reaction out of you. And when they do, they win. This is why it's ingrained in our constitution, the tolerance of other religions. Tolerance. Because the framers, you know, when you think about the complexity of the document and the complexity of what they were doing at the time, were brilliant men. They knew that our divisions can be exploited by an enemy, which is why they ingrained the concept of tolerance into our constitution. This is why the 10th Amendment exists. This is why the idea that each individual state decides what it wants to do with its community so that we can all live the way we want and all live in harmony at the same time. It's, I, that's a brilliant concept. It is unique in the world. You do not have any other country which is divided into individual states with different laws. That is unique. There's a reason it exists, and it's why the liberals are trying to break it down. They're trying to constantly do things on a federal level because they don't want everyone living uniquely. They don't want everyone getting along. Let's move on. I just, I feel like I'm fighting an uphill battle. I feel like I'm trying to empty the ocean with a spoon like the song goes. I constantly get attacked from both sides of the argument when I say these things. You know what they say. You know you're over the target when you get flack. But I'm not going to stop with what I believe is the truth. I'm not going to stop quoting great philosophers who have come before me. I'm not going to stop bringing up people like Solzhenitsyn and Ayn Rand. I'm sorry if liberals can't. I'm sorry if Republicans get mad when I talk about these things. Oh, I've got to stop homosexuality. It's immoral. Yeah, well, that's what your religion states. I understand what morals. I get it. But that doesn't mean we can't all live together in a society and get along. Because when you don't, people use it as a weapon against you. You violent Republicans. That's how they get a police state. That's how they're going to... Argue. That's how they argue with red flag laws. Red flag laws are another thing. Nikki Haley recently came out says no on red flag laws. Anyway, let's get off the subject of politics a little bit for a minute. I want to talk about this kid that jumped off a luxury boat, got himself killed. We'll be right back.
If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Is it just me or are more younger people doing more stupid things than they ever did before? And this is coming from when I did stupid things as a kid. When I was a kid, I mimicked Evil Knievel. And I stuck cinder blocks up with a piece of plywood and jumped my bike over it. It's really stupid. This is back in the day when we didn't wear helmets or pads. You know, we rode a skateboard without elbows and knee pads. I jumped my bike off the, off the board without a helmet on my head, and I took a couple of falls. Almost broke my neck a couple times. Over the handlebar crashes, you know? Just one of those things. You know, you're, you're, you're riding a, a Schwinn, which is about as top-heavy as, as could be. It's like solid steel. And, and you're jumping it off a thing, and sure enough, the minute you leave the ramp, the thing goes pitches down. You know, you got to pull back on the handlebars because if you don't, you're going to end up flying over them. And there were a couple times I did. Nothing serious happened. But it seems like this generation, this TikTok generation, seems to be more willing to do things that are completely stupid. Have you ever seen some of these TikTok challenges? People that do things like eat a box of cinnamon and then they cough it up and people have been killed doing it. There's a story around that this girl took a can of silver paint and flooded a bag with it and inhaled it and she died. Back in the day, we called it huffing, but now they call it chroming because it's silver paint works seems to work. How do you know that silver paint works better than any other paint? But they do. TikTok challenge. I mean, I remember when the Tide Pod thing was going around. Don't try and eat a Tide Pod. People would pop these things in their mouth. And then, of course, they gag. And it's a TikTok challenge. That's not a challenge to do something stupid that might get you killed. That, that really isn't. But these kids do it. I, I mean, there is no way when I was a kid doing dumb things that I would have done things as dumb as eating a Tide Pod. It's just... Right, jumping, jumping off a board was as dumb as I was going to get. Let's put it that way. I was mimicking Evil Knievel. And that's what kids do on TikTok. They're mimicking the other idiots that are out there. And there has been some accusations that China is promoting this stupid activity among kids through TikTok. I, I, I would imagine that's debatable. Because it always seems to be the first person that does it is Chinese. It, it just, just coincidence. There's all kinds of stupid things out there. There's a story going around that's made headline news, which I, which, which I find bizarre. Not that the person did this, 
but that they're reporting on it every day at the top of the news feeds. Apparently, this young man was goaded into jumping off a friggin' cruise ship into the ocean. Now, if you know anything about these cruise ships, they're, they don't, people don't realize how tall they are. It's like 18, 20 stories tall, some of these boats, depending on what deck you jump from. I would imagine the average deck is, is at least 10, set five to 10 stories off, off the ocean. Well, when you jump that high, you're going to break your neck. Water notwithstanding, it's like jumping on a concrete. And, and I mean, that even as a kid, I would know that. Don't jump off. I, and people do it. People do it successfully. They jump off hotel roofs into the pools, which is, I mean, I there isn't enough alcohol in the world that I would get that drunk that I would do that. But these kids do it. Anyway, this kid jumps off a, a cruise ship and he gets lost at sea. Some say he got eaten by sharks. Some say he broke his neck when he hit the water because it was filming him floating in the water. They, there's now, you know, people people are idiots. They're they're filming it with their cell phone. I, I would I I would never occur to me watching a guy commit suicide. Over, that's what he did over the side of a, a cruise ship. That I would take out my phone and go oh, look at that. That's cool. I I couldn't. I it would never occur to me to do that. But there we were. All these cell phone videos of this kid floating in the water, and this. Rumored that there was a shark scene. I, I don't know. I read the article once. Stupid people doing stupid things. Well, why on earth do we care about that? Why on earth is this this news story? Because this kid jumped. And it's like, oh, the kid jumped off the board. Now there's video of a shark eating him. And now there's this and that. Who cares? That just feeds into it. That just encourages people to do things stupid. I'm going to be on the news too. I, what would possess somebody to jump off a cruise ship? I, that's what I, that's bizarre to me. Right? I mean, is, are people that desperate for attention? Are people that narcissistic that they're willing to essentially commit suicide in order to get on the news, in order to get a cool video? I, I guess. Because there's stories about these kids on these YouTube videos getting killed all the time. Breaking their necks, jumping off squirrel suits, you know those like flying suits? They get in a squirrel suit, they jump off a mountain, they end up splat horribly. And of course we watch them. You know, I, there, there's been a few videos where I've seen where I go, that guy's going to get killed. There was, there was a guy doing a, a rocket car where he, he made a rocket engine, bolted it to like what essentially is a go-kart and was driving around the salt flats and the thing was getting so hot it was white the rocket motor because it's homemade right it's like it's not a real real quality engine and it and it was homemade and it was getting white it was so hot and he's got a propane tank up against it and i'm like this guy's gonna blow himself up on video right now so even i'm guilty of watching and Guilty of shit. Check this guy out. Look how stupid he is. But what's the payoff? I mean, I, I get why you watch it. Because you want to see something. I mean, it's like, you know, watching a train wreck. Like, you got to see this. Why do people do it, though? Why, why would you be the person who's going to get blown up? Why? What's the motivation there? Is that how n narcissistic our society has become?
where they're willing to do something that would eventually, if you do it enough, you will result in your death because it's just, it's too risky. Is that what it, is that how far we've lowered ourselves? You know, back in the day, in the Roman Empire day, they used to have gladiatorial battles and people would go to the stadium. And I get why people went to the stadium for these battles. Life and death struggles between wild animals and other men, slaves and prisoners. There were some professional gladiators who did it for the fame and the fortune. But by and large, gladiators were viewed the lowest of the low. For a long time, actors and actresses were too. It was a considered a form of prostitution because the, the Romans, as bad as they were, as, as immoral and unethical as the Roman people were, as decadent as they were, they had a certain sense of morals and ethics that were superior to ours. They recognized that doing that for a living, selling your body, putting your life at risk, putting yourself at the whim of a screaming crowd was the lowest of low things that you can do. Being a gladiator was considered a low profession. Actors and actresses were even lower. It was considered the dregs of society for a long time because you were behaving, what? For the whim of the crowd. You were subjecting your freedom and your independence and who you are to whatever the crowd demanded of you. The roar of the crowd and the cheer is what you were doing it for. There wasn't a lot of money in it. People who were slaves were doing it. That's why they were subjected to gladiatorial battles, slaves, because it was a form of humiliation. And I don't think that we've gone quite that far yet, but understand this, We've fallen in love in saying it's the greatest thing when someone can do something stupid, like eat a box of cinnamon and cough to death on it. It isn't. It's just the opposite. As I said, the Romans viewed it that because they had a, a different ethical standard. It's lowering yourself to the roar of the crowd, of the whim of an audience. It's subjecting your body to the decision-making of a cheering mob. Social justice is the same way. We're no longer following our laws. We're no longer following what the agreed upon principles are by a legislature and by popular vote. It's all about a lynch mob. That's all social justice is, is a lynch mob. I'm stupid people doing stupid things. You're just putting yourself at the whim of a lynch mob. Who want to see that? Who want to see you blow yourself up? who want to see you go splat on the sidewalk, who want to see you get eaten by sharks after jumping off a cruise ship. And I, I can't imagine what the parents might be thinking because the kid was young. You know, he's like, I don't know, 18, 19. I mean, talk about a wasted life. So if you, you know, I, I've, I've taken the attitude recently, I'm not going to show these videos anymore. I'm not going to pass them around. I'm not going to share them. I'm not going to share them unless it's something that obviously where the person doesn't get hurt, you know. But I've seen some stupid stuff. And it's sad. It's sad in a day and age when our youth are so poisoned in their mind to lower themselves, to be 
cannon fodder for a screaming mob. So it shouldn't be cheered, it shouldn't be heralded. And I, like I said, I, I don't know why the news stories are picking this up. It's a sad story. Because it's not the fact that he died. That's, that's not the sad part. I, I, it is for the parents, of course. But the sad part is that so many people and the reasons he's doing it. He thought so little of himself that he was willing to take the chance of jumping off a cruise ship and he figured, oh, I'll just swim in the water until they rescue me and didn't realize he's, I mean, it's just a stupid thing to do. For what? So a bunch of people can cheer you on? I, I can't imagine valuing what social media thinks of me any less. This is why I don't get upset when people say, well, you're, you're, you, you're ugly, you're fat, you're dumb. And I don't care what you say about me. I know I'm not. I know I don't care about what you think of me because that would put value on you. That would mean I care about what you think. Speaking of which, while we're on the subject, I want to talk about Lizzo a little bit. We'll be right back. Lizzo, flutist, flautist, flutist. She's in the news again. I covered a story about Lizzo on this podcast not too long ago. She was picking up John Adams, I think, his flute. No, Monroe. James Monroe had a collection of flutes, one of which was a prized crystal flute. It was never meant to be played. It was a work of art. And it was given to Monroe, president, as a gift, as a sign of appreciation because James Monroe played the flute. Like, here, Mr. President, here's this beautiful crystal flute that I crafted for you that you can put on display. It's a work of art. Lizzo goes to Washington, D.C., and the leftists that now run the National Archives handed Lizzo the flute to wave it around and play it. She might have broken it. This is something that should be handled with white gloves delicately. It's glass, it's crystal. Vibrations from playing it might shatter. I got me a flute! Waving it around on stage like it's a piece of garbage. That's why I criticized her. It's inappropriate. It's a national artifact. It's a gift from one artist to a president. It should be appreciated as a work of art shouldn't be waved around like a toy. It shouldn't have been played. What if she had shattered it? What if she had dropped it? I found it offensive in the extreme. Not because she was Lizzo, but because of anyone doing that. Imagine if the protesters on January 6th had taken down the artwork. I would have been upset at that. But they didn't. They had a certain amount of reverence and respect. 
And I know that these stories about, oh, they smeared feces. No, they didn't. If you read the stories, there was a backed up toilet and some of the poop got tracked out, if you know anything about public toilets. But the artwork in the Capitol was not damaged. Nancy's podium was taken, but that's about it. Respect for our traditions and values goes right over the head of liberals, which I count Lizzo along with it. Lizzo is very big, very big, like hippo big, like 300 pounds big. I, look, if you want to eat yourself into stupor and destroy your health, by all means, you can do so. It's your life. If you want to trash it, you want to fuck it up, go ahead, do it. It's your life. You want to run it into the ground? Go ahead. You want to die of a heart attack at 45? Be my guest. That's what they make bacon cheeseburgers for. So if you wanted to live a self-destructive life, you can do so. Lizzo is upset that people like me exist. People like me who say the only reason Lizzo is famous is because she represents the lowest common denominator in flute playing. The only reason Lizzo is famous is because she is out of the ordinary or out of the normal range of what you would consider normal. She's overweight and extreme. She's a minority too. Some people take issue with that. And she parades herself around as this great flutist. I haven't seen any of it. I've seen some of her. I've listened to her music. There's nothing great about it. I used to date a flutist. She didn't show any more talent than my girlfriend did at the time. Not that she didn't have talent. She plays the flute. I can't do that. But I called out, like, you know, Lizzo, the only reason you're, you're famous is because you're fat. And you wear ridiculous outfits exaggerating it. You should see some of the outfits she wears. It's like those people that wear yoga pants that shouldn't be anywhere near a yoga studio. And call them out on it. The reason is because the, the liberal left, the mass media, wants you to be famous because you are elevating the mediocrity. And I, I explain it to them on, on my posts. Ayn Rand and the Fountainhead and the elevation of mediocrity, how it's destroying our society. Of course, you just get yelled at by most people. We talked about this on our last show. Well, apparently, Lizzo is upset. <laughs> people are making fun of me because I'm fat. They're not paying attention to my music. Ooh, I'm going to quit music. Go, oh, fine, quit music. See if I I don't care if you play music or you're not. I don't care if you're famous or not. Just don't tell me you're famous because you're a great flute player. Because you're not. You know better than any other flute player that's out there. You don't show any kind of imagination or anything. You show ridiculous cleavage in that outfit. To get people attention because your flute playing is just any old flute playing. That's why. That's why she wears those outfits. That's why she looks like what she does. That's why the mass media is promoting it. By putting her on every news headline. Because she's so ridiculous. And she's upset about the comments because people comment. Of course, people, I do it in an intellectual fashion. And I try to explain why it's damaging our society goes over the head of most of them. Just, whatever. I, I said why I do it. When people make all kinds of comments like, you know, eat enough pizzas, honey? You know, that kind of thing. Which serve a purpose too. 
She's going to quit. I quit. Well, why? Don't you know what a block button is? Why don't you use the block button? That's what it's there for. If somebody says something that you find offensive, that you can't deal with, you just hit the block button. There's no shame in it. Why, why, why is it such an issue? Why, or for that matter, why even pay attention to social media? If you're playing a flute as a profession, if you're doing any artistic endeavor as a profession, like this podcast, I don't do it because people are adoring me. You do it because that's who you are. Do you think Vincent Van Gogh painted paintings so that people would buy them? Oh, he hoped to sell them. And it was eventually, he got him very depressed. There's some debate about what actually caused Vincent Van Gogh to kill himself or whether he was even killed at all, whether he committed suicide at all. But the point remains, Van Gogh was an artist because that's who he was, because he loved to paint. And he loved to express himself through his art. It wouldn't matter if people told Vincent Van Gogh, your paintings are lousy. He was going to do it, and he didn't care. Many of the artists, the great artists, Toulouse-Lautrec, Manet, Monet, all were told in their lifetimes by experts, your, your painting sucks, your art sucks. Some artists are blessed to have been worshipped, Michelangelo being one of them. But many artists, many, far more, are ridiculed, castigated, and humiliated for their art being outside the norm. Because generally, great art is. So why are you upset? Because you know they're right. That's what makes her up. That's why she's getting upset. She knows her fame is related to her being outrageous, not her flute play. She knows it's all about her being heavy and wearing outrageous outfits. Because if she didn't do that, no one would buy tickets to her shows or care much about her. That's why she's going to quit. Because she can't deal with it. She knows it's unhealthy. She knows it's not about her art. They don't criticize Lizzo because of her flute playing, like I have. They criticize her over her weight because that's what she made it about. She isn't going out there and saying, listen to this subtle way that I play Bach on a flute. No. She waves the James Monroe crystal flute, I got to be a flute, and hams it up on stage like something out of a, a, a blackface minstrel show. I would think that black people would be offended at that behavior. That's why she's going to quit. That's why she's upset. She can't handle the criticism because she knows it hits home. Because that's why I don't get upset when people don't like the show. I go, well, give me your ideas on how to improve it. I'm always willing to listen. That upsets them too. Then they make a snide comment. It's like, how do you tell me you don't listen to the show without telling me you don't listen to the show? You make a snide comment. Instead of being an insightful comment. Like, well, you know, if you did this, okay, I might consider that. 
And I've had discussions with people about that. That's what you do as an artist. Really. You don't think this art is worthwhile with your time. Well, how come? Ask them to defend their position. Does Lizzo do that? No. She's going to quit. What else are you going to do? You're a flutist. I'm going to quit. We going to play the tuba next? Well, this is who you are. This is what you do, right? I mean, I'm assuming that your life is about playing the flute, is it not? This is what you love. This is what you trained yourself to do. This is what you're doing, and this is why you're selling tickets, to listen to your music, right? Obviously, it isn't. Well, if they're not going to buy into this outrageous behavior, I'm just going to quit. That's not an artist speaking. That's a leftist. That's a narcissist. That's a limousine liberal talking. That's not a flute player. Vincent Van Gogh said, well, I'm going to quit painting because somebody criticized the fact that I have red hair. How ridiculous. How, isn't that a ridiculous notion? If you don't like what people say on social media, you can do one of two things. You can change your behavior and start dieting, or you can ignore them. But to say you're going to quit over it just tells me you're an empty-headed narcissist. It tells me that you value the opinion of people criticizing you. Because I don't value the, the opinion of people criticizing me. Not for the criticisms personally. I don't like your shirt. I don't like your hair. I don't like your hat. Whatever. In the study of human psychology, relating it to other situations is how you get to the truth. And that's the truth about Lizzo. She cares about what people say about her. She shouldn't, as an artist. You're not an artist. You're not. You're an entertainer. You're putting yourself at the whims of the crowd. Much as the gladiators did in the Roman period, much as artists did during the Shakespearean period, this is why they were viewed as low, as we just said. Much as the kid jumping off the cruise ship. You're humiliating yourself, you're debasing yourself for what the crowd thinks. Hell, the crowd thinks the Taco Bell is the best Mexican restaurant in the United States by poll. What do I care what they think? I don't. Or you shouldn't. This is why I, I don't understand kids who commit suicide. I don't understand that over online bullying. So just put down the cell phone. Just shut it off. Block the people that you don't want. You don't think that are, that are hurting you. Be an adult. Grow up. Grow up, Lizzo. Understand that if you're going to put yourself out there and if you're going to debase yourself for the whims and the cheers of a crowd, there are going to be a certain amount of people who aren't going to cheer you, are going to boo you. And this is why you don't put yourself in that situation. Speaking of which, about ratings and about approval, Chuck Todd is out at NBC. And there's more to the story. We'll be right back.
people watch Fox if they're right wing, generally. People watch CNN if they're left wing. That's just a general. More and more people are walking away from Fox News. More and more people are certainly walking away from CNN, NBC, and CBS. But the executives at these mass media stations don't get why people are leaving. They think it's because they've gotten too extreme. This is why they fired Tucker Carlson. This is why they got rid of Bill O'Reilly. They come up and manufacture a scandal and then just say, you violated your terms of contract about immoral behavior or other some bullshit story, and they fire him. We still don't really know the official reason why they got rid of Tucker Carlson. Everyone suspects it's over the Dominion voting machines. There's all kinds of various stories. Tucker's already come out with his story. Bottom line is they got rid of Tucker Carlson because even though he was the number one rated show, it's just too far right wing. It didn't, it didn't jive with their new marketing. They keep these mass media, media studios keep trying to appeal to a smaller and smaller audience that they think is the real audience. That's why they constantly put women on and then they put lights on their legs. They don't think much of you in the viewing audience. That's why they got all these hot women on Fox News. Fox News is becoming about the foxes, not about what the intellectual geniuses are talking about, like Tucker Carlson or Bill O'Reilly. Or now they've got rid of Steve Hilton. Steve Hilton wasn't even that conservative. Steve Hilton was the, the English-speaking uh, conservative that was on late night. He, he worked his way up through the ranks. He had a podcast and became, came to the attention of Fox News executives because he was young and he was hip. Not so much anymore. Now they're going a different marketing. They're, they're putting in a lot of hot women. They don't think much of you as the audience, as I said. They just think you're attracted to eye candy and they're attracted to things that they want to hear. Anybody that is fairly far conservative, not Republican, conservative, is getting the ax at Fox. They want to bring it to a more moderate, appeal to a wider audience, and in doing so, they're train wrecking the thing. Same thing with a CNN and NBC. CNN put on Donald Trump in a, in a town hall meeting, which was unheard of. CNN, it's about left wing as it comes. It used to be called the Clinton News Network. Why would they put that? They got so much heat from their base. They thought it would be good. Well, we'll bring ourselves a little further over to the right and appeal to a wider audience to get back our ratings. And so what did it do? Train wreck them even further. See, this is the, what happens when you go down the path of partisanship in journalism. You become a right-wing station. You become a left-wing and you can't come back because the electorate is becoming more and more divided. There is no way Fox News will ever appeal to the hard conservative now. They fired too many hard conservatives, Steve Hilton being the latest. NBC is doing the same thing. They're getting Chuck Todd. Chuck Todd was a liberal, but he wasn't as bad as the progressives. He was the host of Meet the Press. I remember when Meet the Press was really good. Who was it who was the Meet the Press host that was so good? Heavy set guy. He ended up having a heart attack because he got bad advice from his doctors on a treadmill. I can't remember his name. Chuck Todd, I think it was Chuck Todd who replaced him. Chuck Todd was liberal. He was just about as left-wing as it comes, right? Not enough for NBC. They're going with the younger, hipper female audience. That's the thing now. If you're young 
and you're under 30 and you're female, the world is, your world is your oyster and mass media. That's who they get. That's who they get as guests. That's who they get as hosts. And so that is what they're doing. They're going with the checkboxes rather than somebody who has something insightful to say. Steve Hilton often would say something is insightful. Tucker Carlson certainly did. Tucker Carlson would talk about stories that no one was talking about. Talked about J6 when you get banned on social media for talking about it. And if it wasn't for Tucker Carlson bringing some of this stuff out, you'd never know about it. Because the, the majority of people don't go on Twitter and don't go on small independent sites. They go to the mass media, turn on the evening news. At least they got Tucker Carlson. They used to. Sean Hannity would bring these stories out. They'll go after Hannity next. He's having Trump on in a town hall meeting. They'll go after him next. The writing is on the wall. It's only a matter of time. They'll replace him with a woman too. I don't know who they're replacing Steve Hilton with. Probably a woman. Probably a minority. Got to play that woke game. We got to put those people out because that's what people want. And they watch their ratings go down and wonder why. Chuck Todd is being replaced by this woman named Welker. You read her bio. Straight out of leftist casting central. She's got the perfect credentials. Got a bachelor's degree from Harvard. Worked her way up as an intern. Worked on the Today Show. Right? Gradually got herself more exposure. Looks good. Young. Healthy. Says all the right things. Checkboxes. She doesn't offer anything of intellectual insight. Today's show is like a coffee cup show where the hosts talk about dumb things and say dumb things and don't have anything. And they always cover a political topic by asking questions. Do you ever see anything like that? Never offer anything of intellectual value. They never refer to great authors or talk about analysis in an insightful way. They ask a lot of dumb questions. Hold their coffee cup with the handle out. You know, that's an indication of less than intelligent people. When, when they're on TV and they hold, you ever seen anything so dumb? Ha ha ha. What is he saying something like that? Oh, that's Trump. Oy vey. And there, you know, you could be an intellectual leftist. You can say things to criticize the conservative right and talk about insightful things. There used to be intellectual liberals. They don't exist anymore. I can't find them. Alan Combs was an intellectual liberal. He used to be on Combs and, and Hannity. Hannity would have the right-wing view. And Combs would be, Alan Combs would be on the left and he would say insightful things. Well, you know, unions did a lot of this. And, you know, and let me give you an example in history. In 1936, uh, this union leader brought this to the table. He was the first one that talked about a 40-hour work week, and now it's become a standard in America, and that's because of liberals. That's a good discussion. You don't see that anymore. You get the AOCs. We need to get rid of capitalism because it's so awful. Those robber barons. Where's your statistics? Where's your bag? Well, give me an example of a, a social welfare program. You keep talking about we need more social workers. When does a social worker or social program solve anything? So they fire these people. They fire the people hard right, hard left. Just for a narrative. 
And the average viewer at home gobbles it up. They turn on Fox News to look at the, oh, isn't that a good show outnumbered? Isn't the five really funny? No, not really. I don't find it humorous being a documentarian on the fall of the greatest nation ever to face, grace the face of this earth. I don't find it funny. I don't think screeching about something at the top of your lungs is necessarily the answer. Well, there's reasons to do it. I've done it plenty here on this show. But I've tried to offer you an intellectual insight as to why it's happening. These shows don't do that. The Five doesn't do that. They just screech about it and then they talk about their dog or their latest cupcake at the store across the street. Well, you got to put in soft things to appeal to the viewer. Yeah, I guess. Because that, that gets ratings, you know. You talk about the cupcake store across the street. Or your friend who's, who's starting a new business or making soup. Or some other dumb shit story. And that's what Tucker Carlson in his speech when he got fired talked about. He talked about lack of any kind of intellectual curiosity or depth on these shows. And he was right. And they keep getting worse. And they wonder why the ratings go down. You know, the audience is dumb to a point. There is the target audience that will just turn in the show to hear Janine Pirro screech about something, right? But by and large, that wears thin. And there's only so many times you can hear Dana Perino talk about her dog, right? Oh, you should see what my dog did today. Well, I kind of like to talk about the budget deal and where we went off the beam on that. I think that's more of a, more important when we're $31 trillion in debt, soon to be $35 trillion in, in a few short months. Don't you? That's why you tune in to a news story, I would think. And what happens is it wears thin and people tune out. They watch it for three or four shows and go, well, it's the same old thing. I'll put on something else. Or they turn to what? Alternative shows. People like Mark Dice, now Tucker Carlson on Twitter. That, sh that movie, uh, What is a Woman? It's got something like 1.8 million views. That's what they're missing out on. They keep trying to appeal to the lowest common denominator on these, on these shows, these valueless shows, and they're missing the bigger picture. There are millions of people that are desperate for decent stories or the truth about what their government is up to. And these guys want to stuff their hands and say, well, the people don't want to hear that. We, we don't really want to talk about it because that'll give power to people like Trump who are constantly talking about how bad government is. That's what it's all about. They're trying to narrow. It's like our education system. It, it appeals to a lowest common denominator with kids. Let's make it so everyone can pass, even the idiot who can't read Dick versus Jane. That way, if we pass them and they graduate, we can go, we have great graduation rates. Well, the kid can't communicate anymore, though. You're not educating anymore. You're just passing the buck onto society, and it shows. And that's what our mass media stations are doing. They don't think a lot of you. We need to move on. I mean, I, if I brought in a, a woman and a guest... 
some hottie or some famous politician. If I if I brought on, like to say, if I got Carrie Lake to come on, you might tune in for one show. But if I kept doing it every show, you're gonna, it would just bore you to tears, because she would say the same thing she's always been saying: oh, media is the problem. You get bored with it. But I'd get good ratings because it would appeal to, you know, oh, what is she going to say something new on his show? No. Speaking of getting bored with things, I got to wrap up the show. Let's talk about the new CDC director again. We'll be right back. Joe Biden has a history of putting nominees forth and getting them submarined by people who have more common sense than he does. It's not that it's not uncommon for a president to put someone forth to Congress saying, I want this person to do this job and Congress saying no. That's not unusual. What is odd about this administration is how many and it's always for the same reason. They're out now communists when you look at their background. One was even educated in a communist university in Moscow. They're gonna put them in charge of the bureaucracy. Can you imagine how, how dumb that is? Even if you're a liberal, putting someone who's a self-avowed communist in charge of the bureaucracy? I mean, that's, that's like putting the wolf in charge of the hen house, isn't it? You know what they're going to use that for? They're going to use it as a weapon against the American people. Because that's what communists do. They use government as a weapon against their own people and some sort of half-assed idea that we're going to equalize society. So Joe Biden had to pull his nominee for the CDC director. She was an out-and-out leftist. And he puts forward another one that's even worse. This is proof that Joe Biden is not running the country. There is a cabal of leftists that are telling Joe Biden what to do. They're handing him a pile of folders of every Mickey Mouse leftist they can think of for nominees for the head of departments because that's what they want. And Joe Biden is senile, decrepit, mentally derelict. And so he gets handed five folders, all of which are friggin' communists, and goes, oh, these are the people that are qualified? Well, I better pick one. And they let him pick because they don't care. Because any picks are, are horrible for America. So that's good for the, the progressives. They want to destroy America. They want an all-powerful bureaucracy. They want a fourth branch of government, the bureaucracy. So this new CDC director, she was the CDC director and head of North Carolina. She comes out on the podium. Of course, it's a woman, right? Of course. Because there are no white males that are appropriate for the job. And the ones that white males that are appropriate are dressing in drag, like the head, the human health service secretary. That's the only one that's acceptable to them. 
guy who put on a dress. They always hire the worst person for the job, always. Like Jan Napolitano was the head of Homeland Security at one point. Jan Napolitano, who was the governor with the worst border security, Arizona, he was, she was the governor of Arizona, had the worst border security of any state. Let's put her in charge of Homeland Security. That's what they do. Let's put the worst person that we could possibly think of in charge. Secretary of Defense is now now drunk. Everyone knows it. Eric Holder. Eric Holder was sanctioned because he was incompetent by the Bush administration. And they put him in charge as attorney general because they knew that guy's a complete fuck up. <laughs> Let's put him in charge. They must sit around and laugh at how bad some of the people are that got put in charge of our bureaucracy. Like James Comey, a soy boy from the word go. They got him in charge of the FBI. Oh my gosh. The guy was so weak that he folded right at the end during the Clinton run-up to the Clinton election. A couple days before the, the, the Clinton was going to win, he comes out and just folds. He says, I, I can't take it anymore. I, I got to tell people that, the, that Clinton may be guilty of something. <laughs> he couldn't even stay with the narrative. It was sad. It was pathetic. You could see how scared he was, like a little kid. He looked like, he looked like a, a, a puppy that had been just yelled at for peeing on the floor. That's <laughs> how bad he looked. The CDC director was the former CDC head at North Carolina, which, which was a state that shut down. She believed in the whole mass narrative. She's out at a podium, and now clips of her turning up, laughing about how bad the mask mandates were and how it wasn't based on science. It was based on a political argument. She comes out in the podium and starts laughing when people bring up the issue of mask mandates. <laughs> It's like Kamala Harris. She's got pseudo-bulbar disorder. Every time Kamala Harris talks, she giggles and then pees her pants a little bit before she leaves the stage. Now we're starting to say, well, we're going to put this leftist in charge? Yep. And Lindsey Graham is the worst Republican on this. I mean, the worst. Well, a president has a right to choose who he wants as, as, as his head of whatever department or who he wants on the Supreme Court. No, he doesn't. That's why the Constitution says advise and consent so that the Senate can turn him down when he puts it out now leftist. KBJ does not belong in the Supreme Court. She's not qualified. She did not have superior court experience and she does not believe in the Constitution as a set of laws. Doesn't belong. That's my barometer for putting someone in charge. What experience they have? It's like they never put an FBI investigator work their way up through the chain of command in charge of the FBI. No, they put some political lawyer because they can control them because they know they're incompetent for the job. It's terrible. It's patronage. It's political one-upsmanship. So they put this woman in charge. I'm not even going to say her name. I'm not going to even give her that, that much credibility. Anyone who believes that mask mandates cured or solved COVID you got something fucked up in your head. The virus is smaller than the pores in the in the infest. Even the, even the, even the science, the CDC says so. Well, it's the particulates of moisture that carry the virus. COVID spread like wildfire, even through states that had complete shutdowns, because it was an airborne flu-like virus. It was an in, influenza-like illness. Uh, they call it uh, ILVs or something. That's what it is. Coronavirus, cold flu, they're all the same kind, all the same category. 
Influenza-like illness. Mimics influenza. It's not influenza, but it mimics it. Congestion in your cough, etc. Stuffed up nose, fever, headaches. Wears out in a few days when your immune system gets responsive. Some people it doesn't. Some people it spreads too fast for the immune system to respond and it kills you. There's no question about it. Whether it killed as many people as they say it did, that's a matter of political debate and it shouldn't be. But masks didn't stop it. New York had a complete shutdown. New York State, when COVID hit. People locked themselves up in their apartments and homes. Businesses got shut down. Businesses were put out of business because of what New York did. Had the same rate of deaths that Florida, who had no lockdowns, who had no mask mandates. What was the difference between New York and Florida? Politics, governors, Ron DeSantis versus Cuomo. Their rate of infection, rate of spread, and ultimate fatality rate were almost identical in the amount of people per population. That's how you have to look at it. You can't look at it overall people. You have to look at it per population. The rate of infection was the same. It didn't, best didn't stop anything. Even locking people up in their homes didn't stop it because it's through it events. You caught it and you can't completely shut people down. They, they, they don't wash their hands. They go out to eat. They, they do things they shouldn't. They don't, they don't listen. No, it's people. That's just the way it is. So the CDC as yet will not acknowledge that. The people who work for the CDC, this new director, won't acknowledge it. Other than the fact that when the subject comes up, she giggles about it. Yeah, I go, huh? Do you know how many train, how many lives have been wrecked? Do you know how much money the federal government spent on PPP and other COVID-related funds to states? It's a major part of the reason why we're $31 trillion in debt. It's a major part of the reason why the Biden administration has spent itself into a bankruptcy. It's because of the money of the states for COVID. We're still not, believe it or not, even with the debt deal, with Kevin McCarthy's debt deal, we're still not at pre-COVID levels and we should be. The pandemic is over. COVID is endemic now. Everybody's got it. Everybody has had it. I've had it twice. And I've been immunized. Didn't do a damn thing. Other than maybe cause my pancreatic cancer. Miracle of miracles. The same doctors who recommended I get a vaccine are also the ones that saved my life. I'm responding to treatment. The bottom line is you've got somebody in charge who really doesn't give a rat's ass about your health, is not following the science, is a political appointee. And that's why they don't belong there. Same thing with KGBJ. I've said the same thing. Who should be on the Supreme Court? Someone who views the Constitution as a set of laws to be followed, regardless of politics. While I'm, I'm so angry at all the criticism of Clarence Thomas. Clarence Thomas is finding for these big corporate donors. The ones who take them on hunting trips. Scalia went on hunting trips too. Really? I always say the same thing to him. When did Clarence Thomas issue a ruling that went against the Constitution? Then you'd have a point. Quiet. Crickets. Because he never has. No Supreme Court justice should. KBJ does with some of her opinions so far. 
She's been the sole dissent on a number of occasions, eight to one. Look them up. She does not view the Constitution as an immutable set of laws. She views it as an interpretive document. Doesn't belong in the Supreme Court. Not as a judge. Maybe as a protester hanging out a sign outside, but not as a judge. Judge should be doing one thing and one thing only. Determining if someone broke the constitutional laws that were set in stone back in 1787. It's not her job to reimagine the Constitution. That's activism, social justice. If you don't like the Constitution, by all means, join a group that is dedicated to repealing the Second or First Amendment or whatever amendment you, you find so offensive. Our, framings, our framers were brilliant. They put a process in. They knew it was a flawed document. They put a process in to change it. Should later generations find that these laws don't work for them anymore, let's change it. It's called the amendment process. That's a brilliant thing to do. Well, you're not perfect. We come up, we'll, we'll amend it. Right? No, they don't want to do amendment. We'll just reinterpret it. We'll put the right judges on the, on the Supreme Court. We'll just pack the Supreme Court. Let's, let's put a leftist maniac in charge of the CDC who then issue guidelines to doctors who don't know any better and are, when they do know better, they're threatened with losing their license if they don't follow the CDC. We're out of time. Again. I hope you enjoyed this show. Now, this show won't be public until Tuesday or Wednesday. Those of you who are members are getting it now. As I promised, I'm trying to give you members a little extra for your money, for your $3. I, I tell you, my th the $3 you give to me goes a long way and gets you a lot. Gets you emailed to the inbox, gets the shows early before they're launched on Spotify and iTunes. If you donate more, we give you more. I give you video, I give you ad-free content. I now put the chapters in the audio content so you can go right to a chapter if you don't want to listen for the hour and a half or whatever it is because we're doing less shows now with longer and I could spend more time on a subject this way and I don't have to do repetitive subjects like I had to do with, with when you do a daily show sometimes you talk about the same subject every day you have to because not a, a monumental shit doesn't happen every day okay we're out of time for today I hope you enjoyed today's show we, we I took it a little bit off the what we usually do. I wanted to talk a little bit about this social justice thing because so many stories are piling up. I think the Republican Party is getting overindulgent in social issues and not focusing on things that matter. Inflation, national defense, the borders, our foreign policy. I'd like to see more of that, but that's not my decision. Mass media seems to be too powerful. It's guiding the conversation too much and it's working up people just to work them up. Yeah, and, the, and the attitude seems to be if we get people work, worked up enough, they'll come out and vote. It's not good. It's not healthy for the country. As I said, there are people that will capitalize on it and use it as a weapon against the American people. But we're out of time for today. Now, I'll be back. Uh, I've got doctors in radiation all this week and chemo. Uh, I'll be back uh, Friday. I'll be taping a show. I think it'll air Friday night uh, because I do have radiation that day. I, I think I'll tape it the first thing in the morning. And then we'll also do a show 
Sunday and Monday, just like today. But this is the pretty much the schedule we're going to be. All right. But we're out of time for today. Take care, folks. Have a good one. You've been listening to the Liberty Never Sleeps podcast with your host, Tom Purcell. Negativity never sounded so good.